episode of mm-hmm. NBA Geekly. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is my – how would I phrase this? My trusty confidant, Joel Jimenez. Mm-hmm. What up, Joel? What's up, Nick? Oh, another month, man. Just chilling. Uh, getting prepped for this Hawks game. Um, I'm, I'm excited about this one. Hawks, Hawks, Rockets. Luke's actually at the game. Uh, lucky bastard. Oh, no. But uh, but yeah, that should be a fun one. Um, and uh, your boy. I don't know. Is he still your boy, Mello? Is is Mello still your boy? Or is he I'm just one so boy now? I never hated Melo, right? It's just you know. No, no, no. I know. We, I know. I I'm not people. saying. I'm no, 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 no. I know you never hated him. You were the one who most vehemently defended him with the rocket situation out of anybody on this podcast. Yeah, um, that was some bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, but I didn't know yeah, if that I was. Would... I don't know if that was so much because he was still your boy, or because you were just calling a spade a spade, and uh, you know, basically being. I'm just... Yeah, I always have some love for Melo, but yeah, I mean, if you want to call him my boy, sure, I'm I'm, I'm cool with that. Well, he made the game-winning shot the other night. Uh, that that was pretty fucking badass. Um, so like, what up, Melo? Like, dude, he's uh he's he's definitely kind of revitalized his career out in Portland. It's kind of fucking awesome to see. Like, whether you're a Melo fan yeah. or not, like, everybody loves a good comeback story, and um. He he's making yeah. one for himself out there in Portland, um, and you know he obviously said earlier this season like, uh, you know, fuck a curtain call season or whatever. Like, he 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 doesn't think yeah. he's done after this year. So, um, it'll be interesting even if if the Blazers don't you know become anything uh, this season. Um, where he might end up next season, um, now that he's kind of showcased his talent again. Um, but yeah, this so, uh, rose, even though they're yeah. still balling. Yeah, 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 both of them. Um, but yeah, so shout out to your boy. Um, but uh, we need to start on a somber note. Uh, former NBA commissioner David Stern passed away uh, at age seventy-seven. Uh, it's it's crazy, man. Like. I never really had, like, any kind of, like, really good, like, feelings about Stern. Um, and, and part of it is because, you know, you're, you're – if you do your job well, then you're just doing your job. And when you, when you fuck up from time to time, that's kind of what everybody remembers and everybody points out. And I feel like Stern kind of suffered a good bit from that, whether – you know, it be you know the the issues um, with uh, the former owner of the Clippers, and you know him never really taking action against you know him. That didn't you know come to pass until, of course, the leaked tapes and um, uh, when Adam Silver uh, was in charge of the league. Um, and you know, I mean, he was very much like very clearly a piece of shit racist for a long time and everybody knew it. Um, and you know, there, I mean, there was obviously some other things people talked about the draft being rigged, the, the, the bent envelope or whatever. Um, but like, you know, those are the stories that kind of like people had talked about for years and years and with, with him passing away. And I think especially at the time that he passed away, essentially after the Christmas day games, but before, um, you know, trade talks started really kind of ramping up until we were getting closer to the deadline, um, I think it gave everyone, like, everyone kind of had a, like, this, this time to fill and to really talk about him and to talk about what he meant to the league. And I've heard so many stories um, over the past, you know, couple weeks, or I guess, you know, 10 days or whatever, um, or a, a week, I guess. I think I think he passed on the first, and it's now the eighth. Um, but I, you know, I've heard so many stories about like all of you know all of the various things that he did that I I've always kind of known, but I never really sat down and really marinated on and put into context. 
Um, and I think this gave like a really interesting opportunity for a lot of people who maybe were in my shoes or maybe even younger than me and don't really know anything about David Stern to really learn about him and learn just what he meant to the league as far as, you know, the branding of the league, the globalization of the league, the fact that when he took over, um, you know, there, there, <laughs> there were like the, shortly before he took over, there were games, uh, finals games on tape delay. Like that's absurd. Um, and he took this league in which, you know, the majority of owners were losing money by owning these teams and turned it into one of the most profitable organizations in the world, um, completely globalized the game, made that a very big um, focus. And, you know, in large part, thanks to him, you know, we have these players um, like, you know, a Dirk Nowitzki, a Manu Ginobili, um, and like more recently, like a Luka Doncic um, that we may not have ever had otherwise. Um, had he not put his stamp on the league and really made it a priority to globalize the game of basketball, Yao Ming uh, would obviously be another one that comes to mind. Um, and um, I think his presence is obviously felt uh, in today's NBA. I think um, his achievements as a commissioner um, are are immense. And uh, and I'm I'm very happy that I you know I was able to hear all the various stories that I did to kind of um, maybe um, not correct but contour um, my opinion of David Stern um, over the past week. Um, I, I I think it, it was kind of very important and it wasn't superficial. It wasn't like oh this guy passed away so let's pretend like he was something he wasn't. It was very much people talking about the man that he was and the commissioner that he was. Um, and that very much came across in all of the various stories that I heard about him. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, meant a hell of a lot to the NBA and, you know, I don't think it's totally far fetched to say he's probably the most important commissioner of any sports league ever. Um, and that's saying something like that's super high praise, but I think he deserves it. Um, Joel, what are your thoughts on Stern passing away and his legacy uh, to the NBA? <laughs> I concur. <laughs> um, really, <laughs> there's not much I could say that hasn't already been said about David Stern, but you could argue that he was the greatest sports commissioner ever. Um, he changed basketball from a sport. So, uh, like an event, it, it was it, it, it is what it is today, uh, because of all the things that David Stern did, and uh, right. he reinforced. Uh, I mean, he had his moments where David was, you know, a little strict and all, but you know, he had to do what he had to do to clean up the sport. It wasn't always clean. Let's put it that way. Right. And um, he's had his um, his, his paw prints all over the damn NBA. I mean, the reason the fucking he made the lottery a fucking must-watch TV for me. <laughs> like, right. the NBA lottery entertaining. The fucking summer league yeah. is entertaining. There is no off, mm-hmm. really off time. Maybe August is like the worst time for, for basketball. That's really it. I mean, and a lot of that goes to David Stern. And like, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those one of the deaths that happen, and you're like, fuck, like that hurts you right in your soul. Um, and that one hurt because you know, I, I just it came so sudden. And it's been a while since he's really been in our lives anyway, but you know, he he was he's been he was such an important figure in the NBA and my fandom that, you know, it did it did hit and so it sucks to see him go and but um you know, rest in peace, David Stern. He he, he there there's this this NBA would not be the NBA without him. Yeah, absolutely. And I encourage anybody um who hasn't read uh the the release, the press release that um that Adam Silver put out because I think he really kind of captures um, who David Stern was and what David Stern meant to him and the league as, as a whole. Um, it's a very heartfelt um, 
I, I guess the speech, even though it wasn't spoken, but like um, for lack of a better word, speech. Um, and it's it's very much something I would encourage any NBA fan to read. Um, and uh, I think you put it very well too. Like not only did he globalize the league, like you said, he helped make it this um, this juggernaut, this tour de force that's 24/7, 365. Um, without Stern, that doesn't happen either. Um, and all of those things are tied together. Um, and then just one more thing. I love that he, he, was, he never shied away from playing the bad guy. Like, remember he used to get booed uh, at the draft? Like, nope. he, he like, fucking get booed all the time. And he was just like, yeah, give it to me. Like, I don't fucking care. You're still, you're still giving the league the money. Um, he, he, he was fine with it. Yeah, he embraced it, um, and everyone loves a good heel. And I think I think that's what I mean with like I I feel like this past week has given me a, a an opportunity to um, see past the facade of uh, of David Stern and see more the man and the commissioner and just what he meant to the game. Um, and uh, I, you know, I'm really happy that I I was able to do that um, over this past week and kind of, um, you know, uh, be able to appreciate the man for who he was and what he was able to achieve. So, rest in peace, David Stern. Our thoughts and prayers are with uh, his family, obviously. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we owe uh, as fans, um, and and you know. All the players, the the coaches, um, the, the the people who work in front offices, like we all owe a shit ton to that man, um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they solidify um, whatever they determined fitting for, um, you know, him as a as a legacy. Obviously, we have the Larry O'Brien Trophy. I wouldn't expect that to get like renamed or anything, but um, uh, I would expect something significant uh to be in memory of stern um so we'll see we'll, we'll keep uh keep an eye out for that um all right let's uh, move on to our next topic we got a little bit of an injury update on a couple key players um so Kyrie irving came out um i want to say two or three days ago uh and kind of gave like a a press conference like about um, his injury, uh, he's got this lingering shoulder injury that he's had for quite some time, and he's been out so much longer than anybody thought he was going to be out. Um, apparently, uh, over the Christmas break, he got like a cortisone shot in his shoulder, um, hoping that that would help out, um, but it, it hasn't to this point. Um, and it's looking like uh, potentially he may have to have surgery on it um, which might entail him missing the rest of the season. Um, what do you make of all this, Joel? Like, I mean, certainly we've known he's been banged up for a while. There, you know, had been some speculation as to how bad is he really hurt or whatever. Um, you know, not from us, but you know, from from I guess you know NBA Twitter and things of that nature. Um, but, uh, but I mean, what do you make of of you know his press conference the injury um and then also i heard a report maybe i don't know two days ago that um had suggested he really doesn't want to get the surgery because he doesn't want to miss the rest of the season because he's so optimistic that kevin durant um could make a comeback this season even though we've long speculated that that would be um probably not the best idea given the nature of his injury. Um, but there's also been some reports that have come out lately suggesting that um, the particular spot on his Achilles, um, the particular spot where the tear occurred, um, is in an advantageous spot um, for him to recover faster than a usual Achilles tear. Um, so you tie all of this together. Um, what do you make of this, uh, and what do you think the Nets, should be thinking right now or, or prioritizing? Well, I summarize it like this. Fuck them. Very simple. I think there's nothing easier to say than that. 
right? I don't know. That's just my my opinion. <laughs> um, 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 I'm just happy, you know, he ended up in Brooklyn because this shit wouldn't, you know, this this should be all over the place if he was with the Knicks. So he can yeah, now recover in peace. No one gives a shit that the Nets suck. The Nets barely give a shit that the Nets suck. Um, um, it's it's one of those things where I don't know. I guess I understand why they did it. They went to Brooklyn to hide for a year and recover. I get it now. I understand. We couldn't do that in New York. There's no way that that would have flipped. They would have gotten a lot of criticism, and we know how sensitive they are. So at least in Brooklyn, they'll get all the praise and none of anything else. So uh, even with his, like, shoulder bursitis that seems to be season-ending right now. Um, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I, I, I Look, it's probably smarter for him to just sit out the rest of the season and come back next year when both of them are fully healthy, you know? What's the point in fucking it up even more? Just sit out. I mean, Dinwiddie's done a really good job of holding the fort, even though the Nets have not been playing well, regardless of how well Dinwiddie's been playing. Um I just think, I mean, for the Nets long term, they have to think long term. They got to think uh, one more season at least, uh, make it worth their while with all the money they put into these two guys to make sure that they're a hundred percent healthy when they do come back. Though, if they don't, and if they never do get healthy, fuck them. Yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine you'd say something to that uh, to that degree. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right in the sense that that yeah, they should be cautious. Um, my thing is the, I, I think Kyrie is probably like, maybe not super quietly, like maybe I'm overplaying the quiet portion of this, but he's like the most banged up superstar in the game. Like, you know, we, like, there's like a narrative that existed for after two years of, of, being banged up from uh, from um, Anthony Davis, that like this guy couldn't ever stay on the floor, and he's like he's he's played a shit ton of games like the past two or three seasons, like he's not missed a bunch of games, um, and like Kyrie Irving, like remember, I mean, he had to sit out at the end of um, two years ago for the his first year in Boston, and that's when you know those young guys went on that run and that kind of set everything up. He, he, you know, he missed um, obviously the 2015 finals uh, with, with Cleveland, um, and that obviously impacted that series. Um, you know, he, he he's just missed like a lot of time um, over the course of his career, and you know, I don't I don't necessarily think he gets mentioned in the same breath as even Anthony Davis, who has been far more consistent far more um, reliable as far as health is concerned than Kyrie. Um, I think it's weird. Um, and, of course, you know, I mean, even going back to Duke, you know, I mean, he played, what, five games at Duke, it, like, if that, and then missed the rest of the season. Um, like, you know, he's he's just kind of always struggled with injuries. Um, so I wonder if he just in general, if he can ever really be healthy. Um, I don't think it's unfair to – speculate that um at this point in time but uh yeah i mean i'd send him out the rest of the season here's the thing you're you have a pick that's going out to atlanta um that's lottery protected if you don't make the playoffs you get to keep the pick um chances are you're if you you know you have Kyrie and kd healthy next year your record's going to be a lot fucking better um that pick is not going to be nearly as good now there's the argument that this year's draft um, isn't as good as next year's draft is projected to be, and that can come into play as well. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, even even let's just say like next year's draft is is a lot better. Just still like, I mean, I'd rather have a pick in a, a lesser draft at like 12 than I would in a slightly better draft at like 24. You know. <laughs> Like that's the difference of twelve spots. Like, I you know I, I wouldn't necessarily tank if I was them, um, but I wouldn't ultimately be concerned about making the playoffs. I would just play Spencer, like you said, he's been really good. Um, bring Karras back. Uh, I think 
you need to play Karis LeVert because you need to showcase Karis LeVert because he could be a potential trading chip next season for you to upgrade, um, you know, with, with you know, somebody who's maybe expiring or whatever. Um, like one of those 2021 guys, if a team doesn't think that they're going to be able to keep one of those guys, maybe they look at a package of Karis LeVert and, I don't know, Torian Prince and, you know, a, a, a couple first-round picks as, like, something significant. Um, so you need to play him and and get him healthy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, you definitely shouldn't be prioritizing this year. And I think they'll be smart about it. I think they will. I don't – I at this point, I would honestly kind of be surprised if Kyrie plays again this year. I don't think he will. Yeah, me either, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think for serious reasons, not because of uh, smart keeping him out. I think he's just gonna hurt. <laughs> I think he's gonna be hurt all year. Um, and it doesn't see. And it, you know, the Nets are very weird about their injuries. They don't like to reveal yeah. all the information. We like to keep that shit close to the chest. And I get that. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest. Um, Kyrie is known to be injury prone, and. Teams have been known to play better without him. It is what it is. I don't say, you know, it's not me. It's just what it is. <clears throat> right. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, all right, moving on. Blake Griffin uh, recently got another knee surgery, and uh, he is going to be out indefinitely. Um, again, I would be surprised if we see him the rest of the season, regardless of whether he – can make a comeback or not at the tail end of the season because the Pistons suck. They won a few games recently, but they suck. Like, they're bad. Like, Derrick Rose is really good, um, and Andre Drummond yeah. has had a really good season, but they haven't had Blake healthy. Um, they're now starting to get uh, Siku uh, some minutes, um, which is nice. It's really nice to see him. I, I've been – kind of itching to see him play in the NBA. He had that mean dunk on, fuck, I can't remember who it was now. Um, But you know the dunk I'm talking about where he stared the dude down, and I was like, damn, dude, like, fuck, you just fucking coming out guns blazing. Um, But, yeah, yeah, dude. Oh, dude, it was fucking awesome. And so I'm excited to see him play. I I hope he gets more minutes. Um, You know, they've obviously taken their time with him. He's played a lot in the G League this year, and now they're finally kind of starting to, to debut him and, and get him out there. Um, but, yeah, I, I I think essentially, as far as Blake's concerned, yeah, sit him out and fucking sell off all your fucking parts that you can. Um, fucking tank. Get, like, get whatever, whatever high pick that you can, you know, come up with, whether it's, you know, you – get slightly better odds and jump up in the lottery or you just get like a reasonably good pick, you know, in, in the single digits, um, they need a point guard and there's a lot of point guards in this draft. Um, so I don't know why not, like, why not just fucking like call, like call it quits, trade Drummond for whatever you can get for him, trade fucking Derek Rose for whatever you can get for him and sit Blake Griffin out for this season and then see where you're at next season once you, you know, have your draft pick, you know, solidified. Probably take a point guard and, you know, yep. go from there. This guy really ready to Yeah, well, I mean, he's expiring. So, you know, he's coming off the books. So, um, yeah, yeah, this is the last year of his deal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's. And and that's the other thing too is like, you know, I don't think you're, I don't. There's just not enough teams that that are in the position, um, you know, that so many teams were in recent years where they have these these longer contracts that they they desperately want to get out of. There's only like a couple teams in that position right now, um, but like if you if you can flip, you know, Reggie's what. I think $19 million contract um, expiring deal for, you know, 
somebody who really sucks, who's like on a two-year deal, but you can get some kind of serious, whether it's an asset, as whether it's a draft pick or a player or a young player. Um, I mean, that's something they could look at too. But I mean, I just say like shop everything, everything, and then just like just fucking have a wholesale and whatever you can get for these guys, fucking do it. Cause like, honestly, do you really want to fucking like re-sign Andre Drummond at this point? Cause if I'm the fucking no. Pistons, I sure as hell don't. And like Derek Rose, like he is a fucking ankle turn away from having absolutely detrimental no value. Um, and you know, he at this point in time has a shit ton of value. So like, why not fucking try to flip him while you can, you know? Yeah, uh, totally. I, I just look, Detroit needs to, I mean, I, when, look, when they made the move to hire, um, um, man, what's his name? What's the coach's name? Uh, uh Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey. When they went and hired him, I thought it was a good hiring because I think he's a good coach. And look, he took him to the playoffs, you know. You know, but you could only go so far with this fucking team, um, especially the way it's constructed currently. Look, Blake Griffin and Drummond were, have been able to play together well. The problem is, you know, Blake is not ever healthy enough, and Drummond is limited offensively. He really is. I mean, he does a lot of other things, but he can't shoot worth the shit. So, um, right, he's just what he is. He's an old school big, more or less. That can that's just he's above average everywhere else. Um, now, I, I, the, the Pistons have a lot of odd pieces, and they have some decent young pieces, but not, none, no young pieces that stand out. Like holy shit! Like uh, I don't they know, have Zumbaya, who I like. Yeah, uh, I like that... him, but he, we're still seeing that's coming along. Sure. We still don't know exactly what they got. Right, you know? but yeah, uh, like that him and Luke Kennard is Luke Kennard's been you good. know a piece. When he's he's a piece. Yes, he's been better this year than I think he he has been all around. Luke Kennard has had a good season so far when he when he's healthy. Uh, and then you have um, they've been giving Svi uh, I can't pronounce his fucking last name a lot of minutes lately. Um, Bruce Brown has had up and down games this year. Played even some point guard. Um, it's just it's just a hodgepodge, it's a weird team. I do love Chris. You know I like Chris Wood. Chris Wood definitely gives yeah. Chris Wood all the minutes you can get. That kid's good. Yeah, <laughs> you were um, you were very high on him. When, what was he in Milwaukee? Yeah, but I knew he was good from a while back. I just and wherever he yeah. go, he's just, he could play. He's got to give him the right. <laughs> right. Um, I forgot where I saw him play the first time, but I just I've been impressed with Christian for a long time. So I just give the kids some minutes. No one else really deserves it, and especially with Blake being out now and probably trading Drummond, we'll probably get a lot more time in, in Detroit. So sure, good for him. You know, I'm happy for him. But uh, yeah, I don't know if Drummond's gonna make it to the trade. I mean, after trade deadline. So I mean, there's a chance they'll probably end up trading him somewhere. So there'll be more time for their younger guys, and it is time to to, to start over in Detroit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that'll kind of that gives us a little smooth transition um, to our trade rumor segment, and we're going to start with Andre Drummond. There's been a lot of rumors surrounding him lately. Um, the biggest one was the Woj bomb um, that indicated that uh, the Hawks were um, in talks with Detroit about acquiring Andre Drummond. Um, essentially. Um, there's been some other teams mentioned since, uh, Toronto, Boston, um, uh, Dallas. And I know that Charlotte had been mentioned earlier this season. Um, so those would be, you know, a few of the teams that are rumored, um, to have interest. Um, but the Hawks were the one who, who was, were most closely linked. Um, and essentially the reported deal would be, um, Chandler Parsons expiring contract and the Nets uh, lottery protected first round pick, um, which isn't a great haul um, for Drummond, but it's something. Um, if I was, it, it, you know, obviously if I was Detroit, I'd do my due diligence, but if it came down to that was the best offer, I'd fucking take it. If I'm the Hawks, 
there ain't no fucking way that I'm trading for Andre Drummond this year, though. Like, this is fucking stupid. Like, I, <laughs> I've gotten into so many arguments with Hawks fans about this. You don't fucking give up assets in a trade when you have the worst record in the fucking league, especially for a guy who's on a fucking expiring contract and can walk at the end of the fucking season. This is, this is unheard of. Like, this is fucking, like, and my apologies, Joel. I'm not trying to dredge up old memories, but this is, like, fucking Nick's, you, this is Nick's level shit from, like, fucking, what, 10 years ago? Um, uh, this is, like, Andre Bargnani-style fucking shit. Like, you, I'm sorry, but, like, it is. It's, like, dude, like... Granted, Drummond is is a much better player than Bargnani ever was, so there's that. But nevertheless, wait a minute. Why are you? Look at Bargnani. Why are you does not giving, deserve a first round pick? Fucking ridiculous. Right. But like, that's much. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like that, and I'm not saying Drummond doesn't warrant a first round pick. What I'm saying is the Hawks should not be the team to do it. You have the worst record right. in the league. First of all, what right. you should be doing is concentrating trading on getting Bruno Fernando fucking minutes and developing him because he's the center that you fucking paid like pretty heavy to move back up into the draft at 34 to draft. Um, So he should be a focus. If you're bringing in Drummond, he's going to be even less of a focus. And like right now you're not even playing him adequate minutes and he's playing behind fucking Alex Lynn and goddamn Damian Jones. So if you trade for Drummond, he's definitely Jones, not going to get baby. it. You don't like Damian Jones? <laughs> no. Why would I? Um, and like, so there's that. Um, and then the other thing is like you're only hurting your draft stock if you're if you go get Drummond because even though I don't here's here's the problem. I don't think Drummond is the kind of player who makes your team a like contender. Like you, you couldn't convince me that you could add him to any team in the NBA um, for adequate return, and they would be more of a contender than they currently are. Not one team. He's the kind of guy who raises your ceiling from a shitty team to a kind of shitty team, but not totally shitty. Just like he is in Detroit. Yeah. And so if you want to be the next Detroit or the next Orlando Magic, sure, go ahead. Make mm-hmm. the fucking trade. Like, why are we rebuilding? Why did we decide to start from scratch so we could build a fucking contender? Like, don't settle. We, we're in the third year of a fucking rebuild, and now we're talking about fucking giving up assets when we have the worst fucking record in the whole league to go get Andre fucking Drummond. Who's on an expiring contract? It's fucking stupid. It's so fucking stupid, and it infuriates me that it's even being talked about. It's but he's not a star. He's fool's gold. He's accounting stats fool's gold, like wannabe star. Like what happens every time he plays Joel Embiid? Uh, he plays. He gets his. (laughs) Ass handed to him every time because when he has to play a real fucking elite center, he can't fucking handle it because he's not he's not that fucking good. Like yeah, he gets a shit ton of rebounds and like he he's somewhat efficient. He can kind of play make. He gets a shit ton of turnovers though, so like he's not efficient with his playmaking. Um, he just—he's not a good defender. There's this narrative out there that he's like a good he's defender. A white he's better Whiteside. <laughs> yeah, he, he, yes, he's Hassan Whiteside of the East. That's exactly what he fucking is. <gasps> he's That's better exactly than that. Exactly what he is. Um, <laughs> and he's—he's he's like a younger version of Hassan Whiteside. He's what Hassan Whiteside was like two or three years ago. And like, and. Everybody can kind of start seeing the tables turning with Hassan Whiteside two or three years ago, but they they didn't they didn't know it was going to end up where it is now. Um, but like that's yeah. exactly where Drummond is. Once that once that like supreme athleticism is gone from those type of guys, they can't fucking hang mm-hmm. anymore. Yes, they can still get you numbers 
They don't really affect winning, though. If Hassan Whiteside was as good as his numbers try to suggest he was, then Portland would be in the playoff picture right now and not yeah, fighting for the eighth seed. You know, and that's they the same their- thing with Andre Drummond. He's 26 years old, so there's this notion, oh, well, he's still young. He came in the league when he was 19 years old. His body's a lot older than his age suggests. He's got a lot of miles on that fucking body. His athleticism is not nearly what it used to be. Um, I wouldn't give up shit for him if I, if I was the Hawks, like if I was in charge of the Hawks. I wouldn't give up shit for him. Not a fucking thing. I wouldn't want him. I wouldn't try to sign him in the offseason. I, I don't want that guy. I don't think he helps your team um, at all. I don't. I just don't. I don't. I don't think he does. So, like, especially given what you need from a center, you need a defensive center. He's not that. Granted, there's no clear answer as to who you go get um, as far as in free agency next uh, off season. But like, you don't have to think in such a um, a boxed in format. Like. I mean, fuck, I tell you this right now, I before I would sign Drummond to like a four-year substantial contract, which is probably what it's going to take to sign him. I'm not going to say max, but a substantial contract. Fuck, I would take mm-hmm. on Al Horford's contract, even though he's way older, um, that has three years left on it. Um, because, like, at least I know he's a good defender. I know he's a good locker room guy. I know he's a smart, capable player. I know he shoots. There's just there's just so much more upside to a player like that. And, like, Philly is probably going to be desperately looking to get off that contract at the end of this season if their season doesn't work out because he has not looked good next to Joel Embiid. So that's just, like, one example of what you can maybe do. And maybe you could even get a fucking asset by taking that contract away from Philly since he's been – so bad, uh, such a bad fit for them. Um, mm-hmm. Dwayne Dedman is a guy that the Kings don't want, who worked out really well the last time he was here in Atlanta, just last season. Maybe you can get an asset for taking him off their hands. There's I don't other know avenues to go about Atlanta, than free agency. But Dwayne Dedman only seems to play well in Atlanta. I have no idea what yeah, it is. Because he wasn't here <laughs> for the Spurs. He either. loves Atlanta. Yeah. yeah, you're right about that. Um but yeah, no, I, I, I just think um I think it's very short sighted. I would not I would not do it. I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. I think the one team there's two teams that make some sense to me. One would be Charlotte. I think if you're Charlotte, um and you can upgrade um essentially from uh um Ah, shit, what's his? Cody Zeller um, to Andre Drummond, uh, and you, you're basically like two games outside of the eighth seed right now. You're you're legitimately there. You're fighting for the eighth seed. That's the kind of team that, that really covets making the playoffs, even if it's just as a first-round exit. Um, I could see them giving up a protected first-round pick um, and some expiring salary. Um, to get, you know, Drummond on their team uh, to to make a legit run. And they have some good young pieces that have played better than expected. Uh, Devontae Graham, uh, uh, PJ has been really fucking good this year. Uh, Malik Monk has kind of finally started to play decent basketball. Uh, Rozier has been probably better than I expected. Um, he's at least been more efficient than I expected. Um, so, you know, in uh, Miles Bridges. So, like, they have some good young pieces. Uh, they don't have a, a, a very reliable center, especially because um, Zeller is always hurt. Um, the other one that I don't, I don't really like, but makes some sense to me is Toronto. Um, I, I still think Masai is going to hold out and and see what the you know cap situation is like um, for uh, um, Giannis. Um, but you know, maybe maybe you trade for him, um, and you just give him like a one year max deal next year, 
um, if you if you feel if you have a beat on that and you feel like it's it's a possibility, um, because like he's obviously much younger than Gasol or Ibaka, um, and you know he could conceivably fit with Pascal and um, and OG and Fred VanVleet, uh, and and he he could be a piece if you're if you're only giving up um, a late first round pick. I still wouldn't do it if I was Toronto, but I could. I wouldn't do it if I was Charlotte, <laughs> and I certainly wouldn't do it if I'm the Hawks. But I can. I think those situations make more sense than the Hawks, who have the worst fucking record in the league. Anyway, I'm gonna get off my high horse. What are your thoughts on Drummond? Um, what do you What do you think he's worth? If you're any one of these teams, uh, those three teams that I mentioned, or the Celtics, um, or uh, what was the other team mentioned? Uh, fuck, I can't remember. Um, but if you're any one of those teams, I mean, do do you have interest in Andre Drummond? I am obviously a bit higher on Drummond than you are. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think a lot of these teams can definitely – like, I think he'd fit really well in Dallas for the right players. That's, I think he'd be perfect. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Uh, right. You know, I mean, that's what they need. You know, that's a that's a guy they can fucking use who works perfectly in that system and complements the rest of the. I tell you what, though. There. What? I tell you what, though. Luca Luca's gonna be yeah. pissed that he ain't getting triple doubles anymore because Andre Drummond's stealing all his rebounds. <laughs> <laughs> remember? Like, let me do get you remember that? that? No, let me get that. Do you remember that play <laughs> last season with DeAndre Jordan where he like snatched the rebound from Luca and Luca like turned around and was like, "What the fuck, dude!" Like. I don't know if you remember that. It was really funny, though. Yeah, I was like, bro, this is my only fucking job. Back up. This is what I do. Back up off my Kool-Aid, motherfucker. Like, yeah. Yeah, go run up forward. I'll pass you the ball. Stop stop taking my shit. (laughs) Basically what it is. I think he would definitely fit in Dallas. Um, um, I don't know. I would have to look around. Charlotte. Uh, there's no point in going Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte, I, I like where Charlotte's headed. They actually look better this year, mainly because they're focusing on playing. Their young guys, like you were saying, are playing better. Um, I like a lot of their young guys. Like this dude fucking, uh, what's his name? Um, DJ. Guard. What's his Oh, Devontae no. Graham. Devontae Graham, who came out of nowhere, is balling lights out as one, as yeah. <laughs> playing next to Terry Rozier. A lot of credit to that kid. I don't know who the hell that kid is, but he's balling. Um, oh, you want to you want to hear something funny about that kid? You know who drafted him? Who? The Hawks. <laughs> really? What happened? Yeah, they Guy's traded definitely him. Definitely the best point guard right now. Surprise, surprise! <laughs> they drafted a really good player and traded him. <laughs> oh my yeah, god! Yeah, they. Uh, they 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 took him number thirty four overall and traded him to Charlotte for two future second round picks. Wow! When was this? This this year? Uh, no, it was last draft, last season. Draft. Really? It was uh, really? it was I think it was the Trey Young draft. Really? Okay. Well, they, remember? Well, okay, it was. I I can tell you exactly when it was. It was it was the Mitchell Robinson draft because. I said Woo! when they 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 had the number thirty four pick, and I said you should take Mitchell Robinson. They took Devontae Graham, traded him to Charlotte, and then um, your Knicks took Mitchell Robinson three picks later. They would have been much yeah, better I off either Mitchell keeping the guy they drafted or drafting the guy that I said they should draft. Um, well, <laughs> who, who knows? Maybe maybe they make good use out of the two second rounders. I think they already yeah, traded one. Yeah. They already traded one to get Bruno Fernando, who definitely does not look as good as Mitchell Robinson. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> it is what it is. Can't, I mean, second yeah. round is a crapshoot. Those yeah, two guys are just, a, a, you know, aberrations. You know, the, the Graham looks really good. Uh, Charlotte mm-hmm. got lucky, you know. They're a step up now because they got one dude – who looks amazing? Even playing next to Terry Rozier looks really good. And got Miles Bridges well, and Peter Wise been really. Good. And I think Terry uh-huh. Rozier playing off ball, it seems to kind of make Works. a difference. Like 
like yeah, like defensively it's not ideal because he's not he's not really that big, but like mm-hmm. he, he kind of makes more sense at at the shooting guard offensively, um, at least in the way that those in the way that those two guys play together, um, and he even played that like a good bit in the final year in Boston. Like he didn't get a lot of point guard minutes. He didn't get a lot of minutes. Period. But like he he was somewhat effective as like this kind of two guard. He could play next to Kyrie. Um, it just he, he could never get a rhythm because he could never get a lot of minutes. But now that he is getting those minutes, he actually does mm-hmm. kind of look more like a two guard. I'd love to see him in like a um like a like a uh, with a point guard like uh, Shea or Lonzo, somebody who's big enough to guard two guards where he can guard the point guard on the opposite team because he he likes that challenge. He likes to do that. Right. Um, and he's right. a little too small to guard twos, but he plays better on the offense at two. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, anyway, um, I, I think that's kind of been another interesting thing that has kind of worked in Charlotte's favor, uh, ironically. For sure, 100%. Um, so, yeah, surprisingly, the Hornets have – Actually, looked okay. I mean, not great, obviously, but better. <laughs> like, right. That's why I said they need. But to yeah, so you don't like not you don't like on. them trading for Drummond then. No, 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 I don't. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. not let me do that. No. It's Drummond a very deserves better and better. move though. <laughs> yeah, it is, but no, they don't need it. It's not something necessary. It's not helping anyone. Neither neither side sure. is winning, <laughs> in my opinion. Well, and that's the thing. It's so hard to find an outcome where Detroit wins. I don't like. I guess my biggest fear is probably going to come to fruition, and we're going to trade the Nets pick and Chandler Parsons for him, and then you know either he's okay, and then we end up giving him a huge contract, which is going to come back to bite us in the ass, or he sucks. Um, and we don't re-sign him. Either way, we lost the asset, or we signed him to a much longer contract than is is smart. It's, that's that's the reason why I don't fucking one of the big reasons that I don't like going after him. I just don't I don't see a pathway in which we win by doing that. Um, and and not win as in winning games, but win as in um, having made a good decision. Like, and here's the other thing too, wins. The last time the Hawks clearly, undoubtedly made a really good front office decision because they haven't made one in a fucking while. Like we gave up a shit ton to get Hunter. DeAndre Hunter seems like he's going to be a really good player, but he doesn't seem like he's worth everything that we gave up for him. Cam Reddish has not looked good. Uh, given up a, a, like as much as we gave up to get Bruno to move back up into the draft. Bruno has, granted, big men take a little longer to develop, but that's not looking great. Um, so that's just this this most recent draft. Um, we traded Kent Bazemore for Evan Turner. That's not paid off at all. Um, we that's we traded really. we traded Solomon Hill that's and weird. Miles Plumley um, for yeah. uh, for Chandler Parsons. Uh, I mean, Solomon Hill is at least like providing minutes to um, the um, the Grizzlies. Uh, Chandler Parsons has played like maybe fucking 15 minutes the whole goddamn year because um, he's fucking washed and everyone knows it. Um, That's crazy. You know, like uh, and then uh, and we traded we traded Omari Spellman uh, for Damian Jones in a future second. Um, Jones has been he's had moments, but he's for the most part, been shitty. Um, he Average. can't play defense. Yeah, he can't play right. defense. Like he can catch lobs, and he's done that from time to time. And Trey's really good at delivering lobs, <laughs> but like he can't play fucking defense. And like, like I, I get it. Well, like we had given up on Amari Spellman, but like Amari Spellman's actually played somewhat decent um, over the last like two or three weeks for the Warriors. Like, he's maybe started to kind of figure things out. Like, we haven't made a good move in a while. And then you go back to last season, 
uh, when you know we traded Luka Doncic. Um, granted, we got back Trey Young, but still, um, you know, we got back Trey Young and Cam Reddish, and Cam Reddish hasn't looked good yet. Um, I'd say the last good move we made was drafting Kevin Herter. Like in any class. Yeah, but I think you, I, I think you have to, you still have to kind of put that caveat on Trey Young. Is like, yeah, Trey Young's really good, <laughs> but what did you give up to get him? And obviously that's mm-hmm. Luca. I don't. I think at best you can you can sell that as a net neutral move, not a positive move or a good move. Um, right. Right. You know, <clears throat> like I think Kevin Herter would be the one where you can be like. A lot of people didn't have him ranked as high as they took him, and he's looks like he's going to be good. He he's been playing really well the last week, um, so that's positive. But um, uh, but yeah, we like we need to not like we need to just fucking tank this year and try to fucking focus on the future and not make another stupid move. <laughs> you know, like just stop. Don't do anything. Just. For the rest of the year, just don't do anything. <laughs> that's that's my solution. Um, but anyway, it sounds like we're somewhat on the same page. It's going to be really hard to flip Drummond. Um, all right, we we've only got uh, a few minutes left. Uh, Kevin Love, man, he had this whole fucking meltdown on the court, and then he gave this weird apology uh, late, like as of late, I think yesterday. Um, I I still don't think he's going to be moved. We talked about this earlier, um, but I, I did want to bring it up because of all of the extracurricular activities that Kevin Love has tried to utilize in order to get moved. Do you still think he's going to be moved, or do you look at him like a Chris Paul-type contract where he's just going to be there, for the, at least for this season? I do. I I have I still think he might still get moved. I don't know where or how or when. I just yeah. I still feel like he will be moved. I don't know and I don't know the details, but Kevin Love. I I just don't know. Uh, I just feel like he won't be there. What I, I don't know. It just seems like that it's inevitable. It's not like Chris Paul. At this point. Chris Paul at least has been successful in, with OKC, um, and it doesn't seem right. as toxic like as I expected seemingly... to be. It would seemingly think like to me. I, I feel like Chris Paul would be easier to move at this point, even though his contract is like yeah. like higher per year. But it's a, it's not as long, and Chris Paul has been really fucking good this year. And Kevin Love has not. Like Kevin Love has just been. I know. Like a, he's. I a mean, rat. he's had like Myers Leonard type stats. Like okay, you're, you're not worth the fucking Ouch. super contract that you got. Ooh. So. <laughs> I don't know. I, here's my thinking. I'm thinking Kevin Love doesn't get moved by the deadline. They tell him to fucking take the season off. They make up some bullshit injury. And then, you know, essentially, yeah, and then essentially they wait until the off season. Well, yeah, they wait until, yes, they just send him home, and, and they wait until the off season. And if, if Giannis signs his Supermax extension, it is it, – going to be a lot easier to move Love's contract immediately. Um, there will be people who would be interested in it if they did not have this notion that they could go after Giannis um, in, in 2021. You know what I mean? So, right. um, and, and that's not to say he's going to sign it, but, you know, we'll, we'll just have to kind of wait and see. All right, really quick, I know you got to run. Kyle Kuzma, yep. um, there's been a couple reports out there. One came out that um, Bogdanovich, Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, for Kuzma, but mm-hmm. the Kings wanted more than just Kuzma. Um, I think that's utterly oh. atrocious. If I was the Kings, there's no way, <laughs> no fucking way, I would trade Bogdanovich for Kuzma. Um, and uh, the other one that came out recently was uh, my guy, Robert Covington. Um, Robert Covington, uh, and they would essentially send uh the Timberwolves, Kuzma, and some contracts that are compiled together. That makes a little more sense because of Kuzma's age um, and contract and still on his rookie deal and all that. I still wouldn't do it because I don't like the fit of Kuzma in between Wiggins and Towns. Who, which one of those guys is defending anybody? <laughs> you are not, 
that is not a pretty look defensively. Um, I value Robert Covington more than that, more than a Kyle Kuzma, just me personally. Do either one of these deals stand out to you as beneficial to not the Lakers, but the other two teams? What were the deals again? It was the Kings and uh, I know that one. What's the, the, uh, the Kings, you said you know the Kings one? Yeah, I know that one. Okay, well, I mean, essentially the, the – yeah, the Timberwolves one would be uh, essentially the the T Wolves get Kyle Kuzma and his firings, and um, you know the oh, the, oh, um, just, oh, the Lakers get oh, Robert Covington. Yeah, <clears throat> I see, and I, um, I don't even necessarily like that that much for the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's good. It's good in the sense that that gives them another versatile defender, and so like you're not having mm-hmm. to ask LeBron to do as much defensively, um, which is good because you're you're already asking him to do everything offensively minus what Anthony Davis does. Um, But, like, I I, I don't think that's the right kind of player. I tell you what, if I'm trading Kuzma, like, the the guy that I'm really trying to get is um, Derek White. (laughs) Derek White from San Antonio. Okay. Well, here's uh, the thing. Uh, well, here's the thing with San Antonio. They have Dejounte Murray, who's played well this year. They have Lonnie Walker, mm-hmm. who looks like he's a guy, um, and they have Patty Mills still. So they have their guard rotation. What they don't have is like a young forward. They don't have anybody on their roster who's a forward who's like they. I mean, they have Aldridge and DeRozan, who they play at the three. And Rudy Gay, all those guys are fucking old, man. Like the only guy that they have is a uh, Luka uh, Shamanich, um, who they drafted this past season, um, and Keldon Johnson, who they drafted this past season. I don't know, maybe you know how the Spurs work. Like nobody does anything in their first year playing in San Antonio. They all get integrated into the culture and don't do anything until their second year. So maybe those two guys are going to be guys. Um, but that would be the the like the way that I would kind of try to pitch it to them is like, you know, you could really use like a score first wing type player to go along with your two promising guards. You don't need a fucking another guard, you know? Um, And I actually think the Lakers could really use Derek white. Um, But I don't know. Well, I mean, what do you, what do you think about that? (laughs) <laughs> you know, what I mean? um, they do love them some. Caruso. Caruso is good. Man. Oh no, he's I, I like Caruso. He's a he he's, a, um, he's a spark I, plug guy though. Like he's like a he he's like a um like a like a better version of TJ McConnell. Like I would not yeah. want to start yeah. him, but like he's like a more like a more athletic, polished version yeah, he's of TJ McConnell. Too. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, a hell of a receding hairline. You should just cut that shit. Anyway, um, <laughs> but <laughs> hey, at least he's embraced it. And he's not like LeBron hasn't uh, brought him into the uh, the wig life. <laughs> I think the both of them just need to shave this shit off. Um, anyway, <laughs> embrace the baldness. Bald is beautiful. That's right. <laughs> um, you got to do it. Damn it! I did have a point to make. Now it's gone. <laughs> it's all gone now. Fucking Kuzma. No, I think – oh, no, Derek White. You mentioned Derek White. Yeah. Derek White had an opportunity to step up this year because DeJounte Murray struggled, and they put Derek White back in the starting lineup, and then he right. lost the starting job again to DeJounte Murray, who's playing better now. <laughs> so yeah. Derek White has kind of – not regressed, but he's not looked as good as he, he should. He, he had an opportunity to play better, and he hasn't really done it. Uh, DeJounte yeah, Murray has same, stepped up like playing a lot better. It's like the same thing with Kuzma, though, right? And maybe yeah, maybe maybe it's both just kind of fit. Um, and 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 here's the thing: they were drafted in the same draft, two spots apart from each mm-hmm. other, so they have the same amount of yeah, years left true. on their deal. They have uh, basically the same salaries, um, like only separated by small portions of of money as it pertains to cap dollars. Um, so I don't know. I think a I think a change of scenery for both of those guys could be beneficial. And I actually do – I think at the very least I would be 
I would look at what Derek White was able to do um, against Denver last season in the playoffs and be like, yeah, we can work with that. That will be better next to LeBron than what Kyle Kuzma brings, you know? Um, well, yeah, I don't know. Kuzma is with Kuzma. I mean, him and what they say, Slim, I don't know. He has his little golden hair now. That doesn't work for everybody. It definitely doesn't work for The me. real Slim Shady, please I like stand it. up. Yeah, it's not working for Kuzma, though. I don't know. No, I'm not feeling it. Um, it's not. Uh, they're going to have to do something else with Kuzma. Um, but I don't know. I have no idea where they would trade him. I mean, there's options. I mean, the kid's good. Right. I mean, the kid, I mean, he has talent, and, and there are definitely teams out there that should definitely try to make a move for him. Uh, a young team, maybe, that, that wants to add to their young core, but I don't know what team that would be. I mean, there's plenty of options out there. Um, I'm not even sure what his contract looks at right, like right now. And his percentages aren't the best, either. They're shooting, like, the mid-30s, no. right? if, if that. Yeah, not even that. Lower 30s, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, well, he's, he's, he's an average Right, so uh, he could be better. It's, I mean, he had a great rookie year, and he's a, he's a decent player, but he's not – I don't know. They, they want him to be that yeah. third piece, you know, and that's – Yeah, not he's that. not he's that. Not that. Even right, and especially not next to LeBron and AD. He, like, he's yeah, not, you, it's he glaring. doesn't fit next to them. <laughs> No. Right? So <laughs> it, It's weird now seeing him next to them because you could see the difference in talent level when he's, when he's playing right. next to LeBron and AD. Yeah. Well, and that's they the thing. Over, I, think they might make over. I think there's at least a possibility that he's a good stats, bad team guy. The guy, I, I, I don't, yeah. don't want to yeah. peg him as that, but it's possible. No. It is possible that that's the case. It is possible. So, right. But, uh, but, yeah, we'll see. Um, but hey, man, I know you got to run. Um, uh, much you. to do about nothing. Uh, drop in tonight, you and Jawan. Uh, anything you want to plug from that? Um, Jawan, you want to plug anything? Um, no, we're just we're gonna be on Facebook tonight. We're gonna go live. We're gonna talk some shit, <laughs> and um, <laughs> we have a lot to talk about. A lot, a lot of stuff happened this week, and. It's just you just gotta. It's really about venting. It's all you know. Every week you gotta let it out. So <laughs> yeah, I've place. noticed. <laughs> <laughs> it's just let let the shit spew. So if you want to jump on and talk with us and do that, well, we'll be on um we'll be on Facebook and what to do, what what is it called again? What to do about <laughs> much to do about nothing. Much to do um, about nothing. Much God, to how do, do I do know about the fucking name of the show and you don't, Joel? <laughs> oh, did you see the end of last week's show? Man, I couldn't name any show. It was like Geek, geek Live Live. <laughs> what? It was like, what was, it was like, I'm out of the loop. <laughs> so bad. But, yeah, um, we're doing that tonight, so it should be fun. Awesome. All right, man. Well, uh, I'll, I'll be sure to check it out. And uh, anybody out there who's listening live, uh, go check that out. And uh, I'll talk to you soon, brother. Yes, sir. Definitely see you then. All right. Peace. Peace. And thank you, everybody out there, for tuning in to another episode of NBA Geekly. Um, Joel is off. Again, be sure to go check out Much to Do About Nothing if you're uh, listening live. Uh, One quick announcement um, before we end the show here. Tonight is actually going to be my last um, show uh, of NBA Geekly. Um, I, uh, I'm going to be moving on. Um, I'm looking at, uh, tackling some other projects, uh, that I've, um, been working on for quite some time that I want to kind of dedicate more time to. Um, I don't know what the future is for NBA Geekly. Um, I hope that, uh, that, uh, the, the other guys will keep it going. Um, but that'll be up to Juwan, Joel, uh, and Luke. Um, so, uh, you know, if, if you want to, you know, hear it continue, be sure to, uh, you know, drop a mention on Twitter, um, at, uh, Geek Vibes Nation, uh, and, uh, you know, they'll be sure to, uh, to catch up with that and, um, know that, you know, you're, you're still out there listening and you want to, you know, kind of keep this going. Um, but, uh, thank you all for, for listening. It's been a, it's been a long run, um, 
we've had uh, between Full Court Press and NBA Geekly, we've had, uh, I think, 165 episodes, uh, and I've been on all but one of them. Uh, it's been it's been fucking awesome. I've thoroughly enjoyed doing this show. Um, it's, uh, it's been, you know, one of the things that I have looked forward to every week for a long time. Uh, I'm going to miss it. Uh, and I'm going to miss being able to do a show for you guys every week. Um, but, uh, but you know, uh, sometimes there's comes time when you got to move on and you got to, uh, you know, look at uh different things that you want to uh focus on. So um but thank you so much for listening. Uh I really do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Uh and uh like I said, I hope that uh that the show will continue on without me. Um and uh um you know continue on with uh you know the other people uh who have been main contributors to it and maybe bring in some new new voices uh, for you guys to listen to, and uh, I wish all of you the best, and um, hopefully I'll catch you on down the trail. Until then, peace.